Hello, I'm Scott Holden. I'm the Director of Keyboard Studies here at Brigham Young University, and I want to welcome you to this hour of Highway 89. Uh, this is going to be an all-Hungarian and all-piano excursion this time, and it's going to feature Hungarian Rhapsodies by Franz Liszt. Our performers will be some of our excellent students here at BYU, and we have Daniel Messina, Michelle Pappenfuss, John Shumway, and Kathleen Finlandson. Now, these are, as I'd mentioned, these are four students from the BYU School of Music. Not one of them is Hungarian, but I promise you'll be rhapsodizing about them after you hear them play. Uh, this is Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway, with a new destination every week. And thanks for joining us. Now, you might be hearing a lot of Liszt uh, in the year 2011, because this is the bicentennial of Liszt's birthday. And for pianists, Liszt is, um, is a, a central part of our life. Uh, it's said you couldn't do geometry without Euclid, and I think there's no such thing as modern piano playing without the music of Franz Liszt and everything that represents. Um, this project came about because one of our faculty members, Dr. Jeffrey Shumway, uh, decided it would be fun in celebration of this year to perform all 19 Hungarian Rhapsodies. This is not a feat he would have done himself. He would have died in the process, I think. But uh, he had uh, designated a student, in mostly entirely in his studio, to perform one of these great virtuoso showpieces. Um, these Hungarian Rhapsodies are one of the first musical forays into nationalism, and you've got a composer uh, rhapsodizing about the music of their own country, and uh, as for a change, they were not writing dramatic music, but music that was to sound uh, Hungarian, based on Hungarian folk themes. Um, especially a lot of these tunes are things that you might have heard in a, a restaurant or something, as performed by gypsy musicians. And they're dressed up to the hilt, as only Liszt could have done that. Uh, let's start with the sixth Hungarian Rhapsody uh, by Daniel Messina, and we'll go from there. Thank you. 
We just heard Daniel Messina performing the sixth Hungarian Rhapsody of Liszt live here in the studios of KBYU. Uh, Danielle, uh, tell me a little about yourself. Uh, how old are you? I'm 20 years old, and I'm where, a junior. Studying... Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Henderson, Nevada. Now, uh, the audience didn't have the chance to have the bird's eye view that I did watching you play that piece. Um, that's the sort of piece that when there's pianists in the audience, they will all turn to a certain angle so they can watch your wrists uh, in about the last two minutes, which is a fearful passage which you executed so beautifully. Thank you. Um, I love the story that Liszt 
who was such a born showman, and you hear this in this music, uh, one time started a, the, the Concertstück of Weber, and he started it at such a tempo, this is a concerto piece, um, that was unplayable, and he conveniently passed out on stage <laughs> in, a, in a feat of uh, temperamental, uh, romantic <laughs> virtuosity. Um, I'm, I'm tell us a little bit as the pianist. Um, occasionally, Liszt writes things that fit so well for the hand, and they actually sound harder than they are. And then he writes these other things that can be excruciatingly difficult. How do you... Do you, is there any particular way you or any of your colleagues here uh, use to balance the um, the virtuosic uh, show for all, a uh, free for all, with the mental discipline required so you don't get lost and you don't need to have that convenient uh, passing out on stage? Anything you do uh, in in that piece uh, that those octaves require. Uh, <laughs> Wrists of steel and fingers <laughs> with eyeballs in them. Yeah, uh, that's something I've had to work on ever since I started this piece. Um, I had the octaves become part of my warm-up every day. So I was getting used to enduring <laughs> through a long page of octaves. So that helped. How long have you been playing this piece? Um, I think I started, uh, let's see, must have been in September, probably. Okay. Um Years ago, I heard some people leaving a recital I had given, and I heard some of them say, uh, someone say, he must have practiced that piece a hundred times, which I had a big <laughs> smirk because it was more like a hundred thousand times. How many times do you think you've practiced those octaves? Oh, a lot. <laughs> a lot of times. I don't know. Great. Okay. Um, let's continue on with some more music. Uh, we're going to hear uh, Michelle Pappenfuss. Uh, Michelle, how old are you? I'm 18. 18. And uh, where are you from? Uh, Fairfax, Virginia. Great. Okay. And you're a freshman here in our program here at yes. BYU. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I remember your audition. You were a wonderful pianist. <laughs> uh, she's going to play uh, Carnival in Pest. Uh, Pest. Uh, this is um, the Ninth Hungarian Rhapsody. Um, if you're not sure what Pest is, I know you're, the audience is familiar with Budapest. Budapest uh, was formerly the city of Buda, which is, uh, if you've ever been there, is high uh, on the hills. And, and then on the other side of the, uh, the river, uh, the Danube, you've got the city of Pest. Um, and the, at some point, they became Budapest. Uh, let's listen to that. Um, and as, as we hear this magnificent piece, um, think about Liszt, who, as someone just a little bit younger than you, apparently spent four to eight hours a day practicing technique alone, double thirds, octaves, double six, his scales, uh, until he, what he unleashed was the greatest technical me- mechanism ever heard in any concert hall up to that time, and maybe ever since. Uh, Michelle, let's hear the ninth Hungarian Rhapsody. <laughs> Thank you. 
Bravo, Michelle. Uh, you're listening to Highway 89, and we've just heard a live performance here in the KBYU studios of Hungarian Rhapsody No. 9, The Carnival in Pest by Franz Liszt. And our performer was Michelle Papenfuss, a freshman here at the BYU School of Music. Uh, I'm Scott Holden, and I have the pleasure of guest hosting today's uh, Highway 89 uh, program. We have four pianists in the studio uh, from the School of Music here. Uh, all of them are... <laughs> Pedagogically, uh, direct descendants of Liszt himself. Um, uh, would would one of you tell us a little about how you're related to Liszt himself? First, we're going to build your bubble. Then I'm going to burst your bubble. Uh, uh, this is John Shumway. Tell us how you're related to Liszt. All right. Um, well, all all four of us are teachers of. Uh, are, sorry, <laughs> students of our, our Dr. Jeffrey Shumway, and um, he was a student of Alfonso Montesino, who was a student of Claudio Arau, who was a student of Martin Krause, 
who was a student of Franz Liszt. That's right. So within five generations, we are all related. <laughs> Good. And if you continue backwards, Liszt was a student of Czerny, who was a student of Beethoven, uh, who worked briefly with Haydn, although it wasn't the friendliest of terms. Um, Haydn was, uh, then it gets a little skinny. He was influenced by C.P. Bach, who, of course, was taught by Papa Bach. So you're part of a, a great tradition. Now, to burst your bubble, Liszt had something like 800 students, uh, all of which he taught completely for free. It's uh, a policy I'm hoping BYU will not implement anytime soon. Um, he taught all the students for free. And uh, they had many, many thousands, uh, if not in the millions of, of, um, of uh, pedagogical great-great-great-grandchildren. I've got them in mind. In fact, of the BYU piano faculty, every one of us has uh, an ancestry that can be directed towards Liszt. He's kind of a uh, Father Adam, almost, type figure in the world of piano playing. Uh, such glitter, such um, fun, such joy. There's a wonderful quote about Liszt. He was someone who had to be seen, not just heard. Uh, Liszt is the inventor of the solo piano recital, and he um, is the first person to play a recital entirely by himself, and, uh, and he invented the word solo recital rather than just perform uh, with other people. Um, in fact, Liszt was so fantastically handsome, and there's a lot of great photographs of him from the earliest days of... He was a movie star, good looks. He uh, actually turned the piano so that you could see his... Uh, his profile, which was so striking. Um, Liszt was very aware of his charisma on stage. Uh, one contemporary writer who saw him said, Liszt's countenance assumed that agony of expression mingled with radiant smiles of joy, which I have never seen in any human face except in the paintings of our Savior by some of the early masters. Wow, what a quote! <laughs> um, so you won't be able to see our next performer. We have John Shumway, and uh, John is going to perform number 10, and we'll ask our uh, three other pianists to ask if he had such uh, radiant smiles of joy <laughs> in, this, in this piece. Um, John, come up to the piano. Actually, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, how old are you, and where are you from? All right, I'm 22 from Cedar Hills, Utah, and I am a junior in the program. And uh, happy to be here and play my Hungarian Rhapsody for you. Good. Now, this is a, a shorter Rhapsody. It's about, uh, what is it, five or six minutes. And um, uh, Liszt is the inventor of so many pianistic tricks, which uh, virtually every composer who followed him uh, is indebted to, and, um, and of which have worked their way into the muscular molecules of probably every, every cell of your body. This piece has these wonderful glissandos, uh, John, will you just play a quick glissando so we know what exactly what that term is? Yeah, it's something that, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis made famous uh, in the 1950s in his rock and roll albums, but Liszt uh, uh, did this uh, far before. Uh, let's hear the, uh, the 10th Hungarian Rhapsody of Franz Liszt as performed by pianist John Shumway.
Thank you. You've just heard John Shumway here on Highway 89. We heard a live performance here in the BYU studio of the Hungarian Rhapsody Number no. 10 by Franz Liszt. And again, that performer was uh, a junior in our uh, piano performance program, uh, John Shumway. Um, so much of this music is really light in character, yet dressed up to the hilt uh, with so much virtuosic, uh, I keep saying free-for-all, uh, he really uses every trick in the book. Um, and in some ways, I think these pieces have been responsible somewhat for the maligning of Liszt's character. Uh, I, I am an uh, unstoppable uh, supporter of Liszt and everything that he represents in the world of music. This is one of the great visionaries. Um, and the way I see it, perhaps the most important musician of the Romantic era um, he's a direct link to the past, as we spoke about with Beethoven and such, but he was a tireless supporter of new music and the newest composers, um, and he met the the generation of, uh, you know, Debussy met him, a young Debussy, Edvard Grieg, Richard Strauss. If you were a young composer, you went and played, uh, paid uh, homage to Liszt to find out any <laughs> compositional tricks and such. As Liszt got older, he retired from the concert stage at age 36, um, he perf- had performed the, the length up and down of Europe, uh, but devoted his time to composition and, uh, and to teaching, with the occasional performance to raise money for various charities. Um, later list is a very different beast, and we're going to hear a performance by uh, Kathleen Finlandson. First, I just want to have a quick and short trivia game here. If the four of you come up, we're going to ask just a couple of questions. Um, any of you, how many suits did List travel with in his performing days? Suits of clothing. <laughs> 30. <laughs> You're wrong. He traveled with 60 suits of uh, clothing in his caravan, and uh, he, he had a large collection of cravats, which are those kind of old-fashioned ties. Um, um, anyone to guess how many ties he uh, carried with him while he was on tour? 120. Oh, you're very, you're very good. Yeah, 360 ties. <laughs> now, here's a rather uh, <laughs> unusual question. How many, how many children did List have that he actually um, took some responsibility for? Well, I know he had at least one. Yeah, he had three, three children. Actually, one of them, Cosima, married uh, uh, Wagner. Yeah. Uh, Wagner became his son-in-law. Um, but one biographer estimates that he may have had as many as... Uh, 80 children around Europe. So I suspect we're all related to Liszt in in some way, whether piano teachers or maybe a little DNA in there as well. Um, But Liszt was uh, such a character um, and a a very difficult man to uh, put labels on. Um, He traded in his cravat around his neck for something else when he was a a, a bit older. And do you know what he put around his neck later on? Um, they're nodding their heads, no. Um, List uh, actually took out uh, minor orders and vows in the Catholic Church, and he became Father List, um, Abbe List, and he wore the white collar. Um, he was a profoundly religious man. Um, uh, Kathleen, tell us a little about yourself and uh, something about what you're going to play. Well, um, my name is Kathleen Finlinson. I'm a senior here at BYU studying piano performance. I'm from Delta, Utah, near Delta, and so, um, as Dr. Holden said, this this piece that I'm playing is one of the late Hungarian Rhapsodies. Um, it's a lot more stark, a little bit less happy in nature, but still fun. This is a piece about four years away from his own mortality, from his own death. 
And um, when I hear these late pieces of list, I, you know, it, I, I'm going to offend someone of the audience here, but it reminds me of sometimes of an older person. Um, they, the, the sense of direction is not so direct in this. Uh, the, the stories <laughs> meander and meander. And there's a lot of uh, unusual directions. Um, musicologically, harmonically, this piece is so forward-looking. And these late pieces, when you play them for students and you say, who wrote this? And they, they guess composers born 60, 70 years after Liszt was born. Uh, they're so forward-thinking. He's really the the prophet at so many levels that establishes so many different forms. We're going to hear tonality stretched uh, to such a limit here. Um, of course, it does end, uh, it does have uh, a lot of the virtuosity, but there's a little bit of a deeper, uh, The there's more agony in this piece than the joy. Um, this is the 16th Hungarian Rhapsody of the 19 Hungarian Rhapsodies, and it's going to be performed for us here on Highway 89 by Kathleen Finlinson.
Thank you. We just heard Kathleen Finlinson here on Highway 89, in which she played a performance. It's live here in the studio with the Hungarian Rhapsody Number no. 16, one of the very late uh, Hungarian Rhapsodies. Who, uh, Kathleen was our final performer. We've been enjoying an all-piano event with Hungarian Rhapsodies by Liszt, performed by musicians from the BYU School of Music. And once again, here they are by name. We heard uh, Daniel Messina, Michelle Papenfuss, John Shumway, and Kathleen Finlinson. Uh, parting thoughts from our pianists here. Um, have you played any Hungarian Rhapsodies before? I have not. <laughs> and neither have I. <laughs> Neither have I. I the <laughs> no, this is my first two. Would you do it again? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. It was really fun. Great. Um, uh, a few uh, closing comments on list. This is what uh, uh, the great pianist Ferruccio Busoni said about him. He said, uh, after many years after List's death, he said, we are all descended from him radically. I am myself respectfully conscious of the distance, distance which separates me from his greatness his aims are the ennoblement and liberation. Uh, only one who is exalted strives to ascend. Only one who is noble strives uh, for nobility. Only a master of freedom can bestow freedom. He has become the symbol of the pianoforte, which he lifted to a princely position in order that it might be worthy of himself. There is no end of rhapsodizing about this great pianist and musician, uh, composer of these wonderful Hungarian rhapsodies we've heard today. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting. I'm Scott Holden. I'm director of the piano department here at BYU. And I want to thank you for listening to Highway 89.